Today's message has been brought to you by Faith Family Church in Billings, Montana. For more information, visit faithfamilybillings.com. We're going to continue on our series on contentment. Um, typically, you know, uh, this is actually something came up a few years ago, and I always noticed it too, you know, uh, you know, for Father's Day, a lot of times, uh, I guess statistically, uh, through the years, uh, dads typically have not come to church except for like on Father's Day, and I guess the preacher thought it was his opportunity to beat the, beat the fire out of them. So I don't do that, but we have a lot of men in this church anyway, and uh, um, I mean, no, it's <laughs> like uh, Mike has said before, uh, mor- <laughs> until morale increases, the beatings will continue, you know what I mean? <laughs> and sometimes in church, we've taken that approach, and I don't want to do that. I mean, how many know this, that if you're going to be a man of God, which you're called to be as a man, your, your job, whether you're a father or whether you don't have kids yet or not, or maybe you never had kids, it doesn't matter, but as a man of God, you're supposed to pass your faith on to generations after you. That's your job. And uh, I, like I said before, I... I'm not going to do a, a Father's Day message. We have our men's group, and it's for high school age and older, every twice a month in our small groups. And we're training up men to be men of faith, uh, to be men of character, to be men of their word, uh, to be spiritual men. We don't leave the spirituality up to the women around here. Um, I am, you know, it's not that I... Uh, think necessarily male Christians are soft because I don't think that, but we purpose to be bold men around here. You know, when I think of manliness I, and I think of godliness, I think of Christ, uh, you think of a, of, of a, in Christ, you think of a man who stood in between danger and the people and who stood up for truth and spoke truth. And uh, we're called to lead our homes. And uh, I love all the cliches. You know, I actually, I, I did want to. I should have done it. Maybe, maybe next year for Father's Day, all the men show up in jean shorts, <laughs> white socks, and sandals. And a plaid button-down short sleeve shirt. Just to pay tribute. How many are thankful for your dad? Amen. Praise God. All right. <laughs> oh, we ought to do something that's spiritual here. Um, let's go over to, uh, go ahead and go over to, to uh, John chapter 4. Uh, you can put your hand in there, one finger in there, or however you're going to do it with your screens or whatever you're going to do. If you have your Bible on your phone. Or your tablet. And then also uh, John chapter 4, verse 13, and then also Philippians 4, 11. And I'll begin here. We're talking about contentment. Um, we are discovering that biblical content, what biblical contentment is. Remember, the goal with any message taught from Scripture is that we allow these truths to govern what we think, say, and do. Now, uh, Mike, uh, this morning in Vessels of Honor, preached a great message that... Uh, 
uh, called Stage Set. Is that right? Yes, Stage Set. And you need to go back, uh, either watch it on Facebook or it'll be posted sometime this week um, on our website. Um, and you need to listen to it. It's just so, uh, such a good message for us, uh, just a consistent reminder of we need to allow truth to govern us. Um, a lot of times Christianity, and we didn't get this from, from its Jewish roots, but a lot of times Christianity today is defined as, I went to church. That is not Christianity. That is a part, corporate body of believers, fellowship, don't forsake it, that's a part of your Christianity. Christianity is not uh, something you perform that governs you on Sundays and Wednesdays. You can almost not even say Wednesdays nowadays. You know, on Sundays, just Sunday morning. In current culture, I'm talking about our culture here. Now that's changing, a lot of that's changing. But Christianity, and you know, uh, I've noticed this through the years, there's, in, in God has moved in some different ways through different groups, you know, um, different labeled groups, but there's been a lot of what are called activation services. How many have heard of that before? Okay. Do you know what that means? Do it. Activation service to me is simply, this is what it is, here's how you do it, now Get, get her done. <laughs> That's exactly right. <laughs> Do it. So when I make a statement like we need to allow truth to govern what we think, what we say, and what we do. So uh, my mother-in-law uh, gave me this years ago, and I read it, I think, once and memorized it. But it talks about guarding your thoughts because your thoughts become your words. Guard your words because your words become your actions. Guard your actions because your actions become your character. Guard your character because your character becomes your destiny. But it starts with thoughts, right? So if you sit in church on a Sunday or listen to a message online or whatever it is, and you hear that and you gain information, but you never do anything with it, you actually treat the grace of God with vanity, vain. It becomes vain, right? Because faith is more than just, I believe that. Faith is acting. It's acting on what you know. And we're talking about contentment. And what I've figured out in my own life with all truth with the, in the scriptures is very simply this. I cannot do it by myself. So I'm going to make a statement, and I think you'll see the relevance of it. I hope you see the relevance of it. I hope you begin to apply it and see it in the sense of, uh, in the context of what we're talking about. I heard a minister say this a while back. The actual purpose of Christianity is to make you weaker so that he can become stronger. All right, let me give you a scripture, because I know everybody hears that, and then they think, oh, what's he saying? We're just supposed to be wimpy little Christians. No. You're supposed to be fully dependent Christians. Paul said, when I am weak, 
when I am how? Because now he's stepped out of trying to exercise in his ability within divine things and stepped over into faith and has stepped into Christ and now he's exercising in Christ's ability in divine, divine things. Faith is what accesses grace, right? Repentance is what puts us in the place to where we can exercise faith in that grace. So if contentment in Christ or true biblical contentment can only be found within Jesus Christ, that's going to take us not trying to be content on our own and trusting fully on him. Have you ever noticed how mad your and my flesh gets when you try to take something away that it thinks it needs? Have you noticed that? Okay, how many have young, young, young children and they get something of their favorite taken away? What happens? Now, hold that in your mind. Everybody's experienced that probably in some level in their life. Hold that, hold that thought in your mind. How do you react when something you're leaning on that isn't Christ gets taken away from you? Be so for me, <laughs> I'm not batting a thousand. And the reason why I'm not batting a thousand in all circumstances is because I didn't put my feet on contentment in Christ. I tried to put it on something. I tried to put my faith, I tried to put my expectation on a person, a circumstance, a if I get, if I live in, if I purchase, if I drive, if I make this much money, if I marry this type of person, if my kids will, if we elect the right person, if, if, then I can be content. And what Jesus came to say was, you can't be content drinking from natural wells. Okay, let's go to John uh, chapter 4. So if you're going to have a stable life, you've got to do this word, right? And if you want to see that truth uh, in more detail, you go back and read it later, but it's Luke 6, 46 through 49. That's my favorite one. And if you can read it in the Amplified, that's even better. John chapter 4, verse 13, Jesus answered and said to her, this is the woman at the well, whoever drinks of this water will what? Thirst again, right? Thirst what? Again, all right. Move on to the next part, verse 14. But whoever drinks of the water that I shall give him will... Well, I just feel like in my Christian life, I, I'm just not, I feel like I'm still thirsty. What am I drinking from? Oh, it's my day off. I'm going to binge watch this show on Netflix. And then you're crabby the next day because you, what you've done is you've, and I'm not saying you can't watch a show, okay? That's not what I'm saying. What I'm saying is you can't look to something natural and expect spiritual satiation. Is that a word or did I just make it up? I might've made it up, 
Let preachers make up words. You cannot be spiritually satiated, satisfied, drinking natural drink. It's impossible. You have to go to the fount of living water. Come on, we got to drink from the fount. And this is the promise. This is the wonderful promise of it all. When we drink that water, it doesn't just satisfy our spiritual thirst. It actually takes on a miraculous transformation and becomes within us a fount of living water. So Christ's living water has the ability to turn you, your insides, into an artisan well of godly Zoe life. You've been born again. People say, well, it doesn't, you know, I got saved, but it doesn't feel like it's, you know, I, I don't feel like I did when I first got saved. Okay, are you putting rocks in your well? Okay, let me, let me say it like this. Are you taking, are you living from worldly thinking when you have a transformed inside? Well, I'm saved. I know, I've, I've talked to people like, like this so many times. I know I'm going to heaven when I die, but their life is hell. I'm talking about here. Why? Because I'm gonna help you with something. Whiskey shots don't satisfy your spiritual thirst. Don't touch the alcohol, preacher. I will touch everything the Bible touches. Everything. How many know this, that there is no amount of inhaling you can do? Come on, how many remember the president? Well, I did smoke it, but I didn't inhale. <laughs> Am I the only one that remembers that? <laughs> Not to bring up politics, but I do anyway. So, <clears throat> what's the point? <laughs> That's my point. What's the point? Why'd you even go? <clears throat> but how many know this? There is nothing in the natural that can satisfy the spiritual. And your thirst actually your desire, your thirst, your satisfaction, it's, it's, you're actually not looking for anything in the natural. You're looking for something in the spirit. Now, we know this. How many know that God gave you the ability to have things, money, stuff, just blessings in this life? How many know God created the garden for your enjoyment? But he did not create it for your contentment. Eat from any tree you want except for the one. But make sure your contentment is found in the cool of the day. When the Father comes down, that's contentment. That's biblical contentment. This is why Paul, Philippians 4.11, not that I speak from need in regard to need, for I have learned in whatever state I am to be what? Content. Well, how did you do that, Paul? And we looked at uh, verse 12 and actually kind of ended up there uh, last week. And then he, 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 in verse 13, answers that. He said, I know how to do everything. 
He said, in every circumstance, in all situations, no matter what my natural condition is in, no matter what's going on around me, it doesn't matter. I can do all things through my smarts because I'm really smart and look how smart I am. Now, I'm not saying you should be, practice being stupid. So, I've been around Pentecostals too long. I, I know how this goes, right? I'm not saying you shouldn't have knowledge, but you gain, you can gain knowledge, but it doesn't mean you have understanding and it doesn't mean you have wisdom. Because understanding is a Holy Ghost thing where he takes the knowledge you've gained and says this, this, and this. And then wisdom is an action thing where you go, I heard this, this, and this. And you begin to apply in faith what you heard. And then a manifestation takes place, but you're all along in fellowship with the one who walks with you in the cool of the day. Right? You follow his instruction. He says this in verse 12, I know how to be abased. And he says, I know how to abound. Oh, I, I'm going to hit a couple of points here. Everywhere in all things, I have learned both to be full and to be hungry, both to abound and to suffer need. So Paul is expressing what? He's returning to his point here about not relying on natural things for contentment. He makes this powerful statement, everywhere in, in all things, I have learned. What did Paul learn? He learned that no matter his circumstances naturally, his sufficiency or contentment was in Christ. We see here that through Paul's fellowship with Christ, as he lived from the fountain of living water within himself, what did Paul do? He overcame. What did he overcome? He overcame humble and straightened circumstances. He said what? I know how to be abased. Most people see this as something to overcome. Ah, come on. Just wait till I get to the next one. Because it was a revelation to me. Most people see straightened circumstances, humbling circumstances, low, abased circumstances as something to, I'm going to overcome because I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. Watch the second part of the verse. It says this, he knows how to what? Abound. The word abound means enjoying plenty and living in abundance. Now, why do you have to overcome that? Come on, prosperity people. I know what the Bible, I know the Bible teaches prosperity. I mean, I don't know everything in the Bible on it, but obviously I know enough to know that God wants us blessed, amen? So why, why is that something that I have to overcome? If I was, would have been writing the verse and not really looking at it, I would have wrote, yeah, I overcome that straightened to base circumstance and now I'm living in the overflow. Why would that be, have to be something to overcome? You know you've overcome it if you've given up Isaac. Hello. You say, what do you mean? A lot of people come into increase and it becomes their new God. 
and they're going to protect that God and they keep that God and they put that God in accounts where nobody can get to it, not even the government. Because that God, it's, it's my security for the future. It's my everything. And they actually, we don't, see, we don't call it idol worship today, but it's the same thing. Where do you got your money? I hid it in a coffee can in the backyard. So you buried your God in the backyard? What do I know? I know if I can't be overcoming in a basement, there's the option that I can't be overcoming in plenty. You say, how? Contentment. Are you content with nothing? Oh, yeah, I don't want anything. I don't want, I, I just don't want any. I just don't want to have anything. Now, I'm not talking about not wanting anything. I'm saying, are you content in Christ when you have nothing? Then, once you have everything, do you go into worry mode? Well, it's inflation. The government's coming to get all the money. Can I, I'm just going to help you with something. How many realize this? That it doesn't matter what you have your money in. If the government turned and they wanted it, you've lost it. Well, I got it in Bitcoin. I don't care what you have it in. They'll defund everything. Well, I own my own property. Well, your property's now worth zero. Eminent domain. I used to think about this. I think, well, I gotta put my money in this. There's wisdom there. There are things to enjoy, but there is no contentment there. How many of you thought you had a lot of money till you had kids? <laughs> the Lord blessed us with all these kids. Where's my contentment? Where's my, where am I putting my trust? Well, it's a difficult situation. I know you can do all things through Christ who strengthens you. Well, I'm abounding. Good, you can do all things through Christ who strengthens you. Well, now I can have the influence that I want, not unless you're doing all things through Christ who strengthens you. Well, once I hit this amount of money, then I'll be satisfied. No, you won't. You can only do all things through Christ who strengthens you. Well, once I hit a church of this size, then I'll be satisfied. This isn't about my satisfaction in God's kingdom operation and his choice. It's about me obeying him. I'm gonna end with this because we need to quit because I'm sure there's barbecues sitting on ready. Paul said this, he said, I'm satisfied in any and all circumstances. He's, he said, I've been well fed and I've gone hungry. And either way, glory to God. He said, I've been rich and I've been broken. Either way, glory to God. And he said, in the midst of all of this, I'm writing this letter in prison while I'm chained to a Roman guard. Glory to God. Hallelujah. People say, how could it be like that? Guys, we looked at this last week and we saw it, but realize this, that while Paul was in prison, there were other preachers running around trying to de, uh, make him less famous than he was. 
But Paul had this understanding to such a point of contentment in Christ that he actually made statements like this, whether they're preaching out of a good motive or a bad motive, at least people are getting born again. Now, what is that? That is contentment in Christ. Do you know my best days are ahead of me? And so are yours. People say, it's been rough up to this point. You ain't seen nothing yet. Get your sunglasses, get yourself ready, because the path of the just is like the rising of the sun. It shines ever brighter unto the perfect day. My best days are out there. I am not enslaved to a natural cage. I am like Abraham, like those men and women of faith in Hebrews chapter 11. We are those with the mindset of what? I am looking for a city whose builder and maker is God. You may live in the nicest house in Billings, Laurel, wherever you're from. Columbus, you may have a spread of acreage in the mountains and all of these things, but in your heart, you live in a tent in that place because you're headed to a place whose builder and maker is God. And everything, I was riding in my truck with, riding in actually in Terry's truck, my father-in-law, years ago, and... Uh, we were going to a job uh, to do some uh, awesome drywall and painting because that's the trade I was trained in when I first got saved. I'm very thankful for it. And we're driving. I'm driving with Terry, and I, don't, I think we were in the old black T-100, Toyota, the T-100. I think shocks in the back were terrible. It was a two-door, and we're driving up. And we're, I don't know if the, I think the sun was rising, but we're looking at, we're headed out uh, east this way and we're looking, we're coming up over the top and we're, 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 we're looking at everything and it's just beautiful. And he's like, man, isn't that beautiful out there? I said, that is beautiful. I mean, just amazing. And then he looks at me and I got a revelation. He goes, it's all dead. Imagine what heaven's gonna be like because it's all alive. There's no death in it. None. Now that is contentment. Christ is contentment. Why do I want what I want? Is my life motivated from a place of fellowship with him or am I allowing myself to be motivated by the circumstances and the condition of human thinking, natural thinking? When you hear about the business success, when you're in a business and you hear about the success, you're in the same business with somebody else. I'll just do it for me. I'm a preacher, right? When I hear about another church prospering, do I praise or get jealous? Well, that's what I should do. 
Good job, you picked the right answer. <laughs> you saying you haven't done that? Of course not. Oh, I'm gonna let you in on a little secret about me. I'm competitive. But they are not my competition. Do you know part of the reason why I have, and I, I've had Abe in, Pastor Abe, Mattinger, Life Source Church, to keep the jealousy away. Now, I'm embarrassed, so let me present the truth your direction. Business owners, do you rejoice in the successes of others? Your brothers and sisters in Christ? Or do you rejoice at failure? See, the failure of somebody else, especially brother or sister in Christ, should hurt our hearts. Now, you may understand why it happened. That's not the point. We're not talking about the, the, the way it got into the position it got into. We're talking about our motivation and our contentment. See, a righteous man or woman, a man or woman of God, according to Galatians, will look at somebody who stumbled and a, spirit, a spiritual person will what? They'll look to, come on, restore them. A lot of times people miss their breakthrough because they won't rejoice about the exact same thing they're believing for that happened with somebody else. And they allow something of discontent to hold the line. Make sense? Every head bowed, every eye closed. I want to give people an opportunity to receive Jesus if you don't know him. Sometimes we have guests and visitors and things, and I don't know if I'll ever see him again. So I want to give that opportunity. The Bible says this in Ecclesiastes chapter 3, verse 11, that eternity is in the heart of every person. We know that God loves us and does not want us to perish. We see, perish. We see this from John three sixteen and 17. For God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son that whoever believes in him should not perish but have everlasting life. We also know that all have sinned and, and sin causes separation from God. Romans 3.23 says, for all have sinned and fallen short of the glory of God. We know that heaven is a free gift, that you cannot earn it or deserve it. Romans 6.23 says, the wages of sin is death, but the gift of God is eternal life in Christ Jesus our Lord. We also know this, that God wanted us to be brought back into relationship with him. Romans chapter 5, verse 8 and 9 says, But God demonstrates his own love toward us, and that while we were still sinners, Christ died for us. We know that we receive God's forgiveness through faith by trusting in Christ. Romans 10, 9 and 10 says, If you confess with your mouth the Lord Jesus and believe in your heart that God has raised him from the dead, you will be saved. For with the heart one believes unto righteousness, and with the mouth confession is made unto salvation. Today, you can place your faith in Jesus and receive God's gift of eternal life right now. If you'd like to receive Jesus, I'd just like you to raise your hand where you're at so that I can pray with you.
thank you for taking the time to listen today. If you would like more information about Faith Family Church, including service times and location, visit faithfamilybillings.com.